Hey girl, welcome to the Get Your Guide Coaching Podcast. My name is Anwar White, but you can just call me your own personal dating and relationship coach. Each week, you'll hear actionable advice, tips, and strategies that you can implement in your own love life. I'm talking about healing your heart, dating effectively, and understanding men so that you can, you guessed it, get your guy. Are you ready to level up your love life? All right, let's go. I never felt the way I do. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining the Get Your Guy Coaching Podcast. I have a really special guest, and before I introduce her, um, I want to let you all know how I got to know her. So I actually have been following her TikTok account for years, even during the pandemic, and she has helped me so much when it's come to manifesting. She is a master manifester, and she teaches and coaches people how to do the same thing, and I thought it would be so important to have her on this podcast because... You know, I want to say a few months ago, she had talked about manifesting her husband and I have done the same thing. Obviously, I've done the work as well, Um, but I did the same thing. And I think this is such an important conversation, especially for women of color, um, because so many of you all are looking for your partner. And I think it would be really important to have a step by step guide in terms of really how to do it and how other people are doing it so that you can choose for yourself whether you want to do it or not. So I say all of that. But I want to introduce Raina Campbell. Raina, girl, tell the people, the listeners, who the hell you are and why you're so amazing and fabulous. Anwar, what an amazing introduction. I need to hire you to like speak for me on my behalf. That was amazing. Thank you. So I love Anwar. He's so fabulous. <laughs> Met him on TikTok, which we were just discussing is just magical. Magical yeah. connecting and all kinds of things. But yes, I teach manifestation and mindset and how to break out of self-imposed limitation. And I personally believe that any dream that you have, you can actualize it. You just have to get out of your own way. Yeah, yeah. That's in a nutshell. I love it, girl. So how did you get into this work? How did you start manifesting and becoming what I call a master manifester? So the long and short of it is the women on my mother's side of the family are incredibly gifted, very intuitive. They'll have dreams, they'll be able to prophesy. And so I just thought this was something we all had until I started school and the kids would be like, she's a bit freaky. How did you know that? That's scary. And so I tried to hide that gift. Um, I didn't really know what to do with it. And when everyone tells you something you have is weird, you want to fit in. Yeah. But as I grew older, it became apparent that it was actually such a great tool in knowing what to do, sort of following my gut and intuition. And when I listened to any downloads I would get, it always worked out in my favor. And it was only an... When I read The Secret that I realized, actually, this is a thing. This isn't something weird, but it's a thing that not everyone is aware of. Mm -hmm. We all have the power to do it. But when you come into awareness and you know how to use the knowledge, that's when it becomes powerful. And so I used it to manifest many things, to raise the money to go to drama school, to book my first lead role in a movie, just to do incredible things. I love that so much. Okay, so you manifested the the fees for drama school and your first lead role. 
what did you do to actually get those? We're going to get to a bit to the nitty gritty, girl. What did you do to get that, those fees? What did you do to get that lead role? How did you do it at, at a younger age? Looking back now, all I did was simply choose a different identity. I chose to be the outcome of what I desired. And so that required me to believe that I had the capability to receive that, like I could receive it, even though my life and circumstances said no and all the odds are against you. I chose to be the person that could be the lead in a movie, an international movie, when the industry said we don't put dark skinned females on the cover of movie posters. I chose to be the person that had all my fees paid when I had just finished my degree and had no money, no job. I chose to identify as this is who I am. And as I identified as that person by telling myself, I am already this, it's almost like circumstances and people around you shift to accommodate the new you. Yeah. So how did you change that self-concept? Like, did you have to say mantras to yourself? Did you... Was it something that you did mentally? Like, how did you say to yourself, I am someone who has those fees already? So there are two parts to it. So when I was raising the funds for drama school, as a Christian, I literally took the Bible, literally. And I was like, if Jesus says I can walk on water, I can walk on water. <laughs> so it was like a 100% I can do it. He said I can. True belief. So my faith was like rock hard. When it came to the lead role, I, at the time, couldn't figure out why am I not even booking like a line in a show? And I think I'd got, gotten worn down and sucked into what the industry was saying about my potential and what other actors who weren't doing well were saying. I was listening to these conversations that were negative and lack lacking and fearful and everyone's talking about how bad it is out there so I was like okay it must be bad out there not realizing that it's very important the information we consume and who we surround ourselves by and for me it had become a self-worth issue where I decided because I didn't look European or what the industry was saying was acceptable because I was from the North of England and I had a Northern accent because I had this, because I had that, that I couldn't possibly get booked to be the lead role. And also because I'd had a series of rejections, I was collating those bad experiences and deciding that because I'd had so many bad experiences, I my future looks bleak. So I was trying to manifest using my past as opposed to who am I today and what can I create today so this she is, was let me stop you right there because that's really yeah. such a really interesting distinction which is that you need to focus on the present and the future in your manifestation instead of what's happening in the past because obviously I think sometimes and this has such uh, parallels with dating because we think like mm -hmm. oh my gosh uh, because this happened in the past with these past guys that that's what my present and my future is going to look like but that's not necessarily the case right that actually you can create a, an, another concept of yourself right and an, another reality based on what you want right but your past might actually not replicate that or there might be kind of, uh, you know, a misalignment when it comes to those different experiences. So I just think that's such a really good point to highlight because so many of us are like, 
you know, even not just like the not so positive parts of our past, but also like really highlighting the great things of our past and thinking that that's going to help us in the future. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I could have gone, I could have gone to the best schools. It doesn't mean that your future is going to be amazing, girl. Yeah, yeah. that it has to be kind of rooted in the present now. And from there, go on into the future. Yeah. And what, what was difficult for me was because I had so many rejections I built an, a fear that I wasn't aware of. And so subconsciously, I was protecting myself from getting hurt again, which I guess in dating happens too. I don't want to get hurt again. I don't want to right. go through that. And I've attracted the same guy with a different face, different mask. So how do I make sure that doesn't happen? So I'm going to protect myself by being really militant or really like, you know, very particular with what I'm choosing so it doesn't happen again. But sometimes... Being so controlled actually can backfire. 100%. 100%. Now, why do you think people have trouble manifesting? Because I think a lot of people, they hear it, they want to do it, they try all of these different things, but it doesn't necessarily work. What are like the top kind of reasons why people have trouble manifesting in your eyes? Being caught up in your reality, what we can see and what is happening. So when you're so consumed, but the facts are... My bank account is zero. I've just had another terrible relationship. I've applied for that job and that hasn't worked out. You're, for people, it's like I'm dealing with real life and I'm trying to sort out my real life and change it. It's not so easy to focus on the fact that I'm, I can change this situation, which is so visible and in my face. So it's the focusing on what isn't yet but we focus on what is now. So that's very difficult for people. I say the main reason is getting caught up in the circumstances because you've had this lifetime of playing small, living in lack, living in expecting disappointment and expecting rejection. And so to suddenly go, I'm going to suddenly expect the best and know that I'm worthy of the best. It's like- It doesn't work out like that. No, 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 no. Yeah. Got it. No, that's so, so important and interesting. One of the things that I have also kind of observed is that for many of us, it's hard to find that new concept because we haven't necessarily seen it for ourselves, especially as uh, for black and brown women who are the majority of the listeners of this podcast, right? There aren't, there isn't representation. There aren't like models for us to see of, okay, there's that obviously things are changing now, right? There are more and more representation, more and more models of what is what is possible, what can be, but there's still maybe not enough. And so I think that's really a difficult thing to do. What do you think uh, makes it hard or, or specific barriers when it comes to manifesting for black and brown women or, or women of color? The narrative that we're born into, okay? You're born into this narrative and you are taught to navigate the world differently so it's not something that you have at the forefront of your day but I remember for me when George Floyd was murdered and it, we were in lockdown and I was living in London at the time all the media that came from the United States literally was fear-mongering if you're black and you live in the United States it's going to be hard for you you're likely to be killed you know white people don't take to you kindly and then there was this sort almost like a grief because now white people were like, we want to hear your story. We want to know how you feel. And so I was asked to do so many interviews and so many podcasts. And I didn't realize how much trauma I'd been sitting on. 
So I was very sad. I was very, and everyone said, Raina, there's no way you deal with racism. There's no way, you're, everyone loves you. And I was like, if I think about it, I have to code switch a lot in life, but I've been doing it since I was born. So it, I don't think about it every day, but now you're putting it to me like this. Yeah, people look at me and they go, oh, she's got a bone structure that makes her look aggressive or, you know, she might, you know, don't want to get on the wrong side of her. All these little microaggressions that you think, okay, when I'm in this certain kind of a company, I'll become like this or I don't know how I'm going to be treated. So there's all these micro stories and narratives that we just accept that we change to we're told work twice as hard. These little things like black women are aggressive. If you've got dark skin, you're not as attractive as someone with like so many of them. And so even if you're black and educated and you're like, I don't even subscribe to that. They still exist within us on some level. Yes. And I think when it comes to love and being vulnerable, that's the other thing. Like we're taught, you are a strong black woman. So being vulnerable is seen as a weakness. I mean, there's so many things. And so I think even those internal stories we have about ourselves or that society says we are can be hard when dating. But how do those things stop our manifestations, right? Because I still think that Black and Brown women manifest just like everybody else, right? But maybe it doesn't come to pass as much. So those things that you've just highlighted, how do they block what? one is trying to manifest? So I'll give you an example. So for example, uh, like I'll have a client who's a woman of color and she might come to me and say, I wanna manifest more money. You know, I'm, I, I get money, but it's in dribs and drabs or I can't ever seem to manifest more than this. And when we look at it, it might come down to worthiness and a feeling of I'm not worthy of receiving more money. Now, this is nothing to do with how confident this woman is or how talented this woman is or what she can accomplish. But there's something that she wasn't even aware of that affects her receiving money. So when she's, you know, working on her business or trying to apply for a job, a job promotion in corporate and it comes to why should we give you the job or why should you receive this? they start to dilute their power or maybe they won't give me this. And the client's always surprised, like, where is this coming from? And it's that they, it's those stories that have been buried. So it's not even that they can't manifest. It's just that there are these hidden blocks in their subconscious. And some of them have been put on them. Some they've created, and it's all subconscious sometimes. Yeah. So sometimes it's just like one thing that's tweaked and then, they can blast off. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I can remember I had just gotten my MBA from an Ivy League institution. I thought uh -huh. that my shit did not stink, but they still, these were these subconscious things inside of me. Like, for example, I felt like I had to do for everyone and pay for everyone to be loved or liked. And so uh, once I started to kind of address that, right, and, and like realize like I can just be and, and people will like and love me and that I all of those things that I'm doing for other people, I can do for myself to even be used to and be a practice of receiving and allowing and accepting that that's when a lot of the manifestations happen for me. But to your point, I was successful. I, I was 
pretty confident, but I was still doing these things subconsciously without even really knowing. And I think that that was also kind of blocking so much more that was out there for me. Yeah, I think for me as well, growing up being the darkest in the family. So it was like, you see, oh, you're black child, you're blacky, blacky, blacky. Like <laughs> having that growing up going, I'm going to drama school. I'm an actress. I'm confident. But then when it came to auditioning and getting rejections and rejections, suddenly, even though I'd manifested the money to go to drama school and I'd gone to New York and I'd done all these amazing things, when the rejections started coming, it suddenly took me back to being that small child who was the darkest and we're going to make fun of you and you're not good enough and you're not as pretty as your lighter cousin. That all came back up. And then the more that I thought it's probably because of the way I look, the more it blocked me from actually receiving work. So a lot of it is sort of like what happened when you were younger? How were you treated? Yeah. What, what, you know, what, how, what position did your family have in society? A lot of it is linked to our pasts. hundred percent. I mean, that's why like in the work that I do, we do a lot of inner child work, right? Cause so many <laughs> of my clients are dating as if they were still little girls. Yes. Right? That like ultimately, and I think this aligns with what you were saying earlier, which is, you're so stuck in the 3D and the reality that you're you can't even step outside of it, right? No. And if that reality is warped and if you're approaching it with a very disempowered state, that's even going to be that much worse. And so I think, you know, to the point for black and brown women, if we are if they are feeling like still disempowered, whether conscious or subconsciously, it's gonna hurt the manifestations, whether it's in love, in wealth, in health, whatever it may be. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. And also, like, my mother was the breadwinner. She worked hard. She had a great career, but I watched her work really hard. So the more all, all of our black mothers <laughs> work so hard, girl. This is this is one of the reasons why so many black women out there are working really hard and doing everything for everybody, because that's the model. Right. And that's my mother. I think it's all of our mothers work hard, do everything for everybody, you know. And so the more things weren't working out for me and the more I wasn't manifesting what I wanted, I just thought, well, I just have to work even harder. That's what it is. And I'm is not that working that, hard enough. Is that it? Is that how and you And that's not, it? that didn't work. And actually, I remember there came a time where I just thought, but why should I work harder when I'm noticing people of other races? Not that they're working harder, but they're working smarter and it seems effortless. And why can't I have that? And it wasn't that I couldn't have it. It was just, you need to choose it. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, girl, we have to talk about how you manifested your husband. <laughs> how did you manifest your husband, girl? And then I will talk a little bit about how I manifested mine. Oh, I'm so excited to hear your story. I got to a point where I was dating. Well, I was saying this to someone the other day. I was like, I wasn't a serial dater. I'm someone who's very introspective, very spiritual, have deep conversations, few friends. And I'll just pour everything into my friends. So I always wondered, what's my husband going to be like, just because of how complex I think I am. So I had been dating a couple of people. And I always would jump into the future, like, what points of view do you have now? And will you have in the future? Because if they don't align with mine, I'm not going to compromise mine. I'm, I'm also future planning. And this conversation we're having right now tells me we're going to have problems down the road. I was not afraid to cut the relationship there and then. I, I'd be like, yeah. no, no, no. So I remember 
I got to a point where I was like, God, I'm ready. I am ready. I truly am ready to settle down now. I've traveled, worked, I'm, I'm really ready. And I wrote a list and this list was a compilation of every bad date that I had. I don't want, so it was all, like if the person was tight with money, I'd be like, so generous with money. This list was about three pages long on both sides. Wow, bro, wow. Yeah. And I also included things like how we dealt with conflict, how he would deal with stress, how he would deal with me emotionally and spiritually, because I'm a lot, right? <laughs> we are a lot. Um, yeah. And what, he, what like, that he was willing to grow with me and we were willing to grow, loved adventures. And I just wrote this list and just, I was like, I don't want to leave any stone unturned. Like, this is the, my life that I'm talking about. And then I also did a vision board. And on the vision board... I did a vision board, too. I love it. Yes. On this vision board, I didn't... Ha I decided not to put a picture of, like, my ideal guy, what he looked like. Mm -hmm. But I decided these are the traits and this is how I would like to feel in the relationship. And obviously in the back of my mind, I was like, I don't want an ugly guy. What if I fall in love with an ugly guy and he's got all these traits? <laughs> but I was, but one of the things was like, so attracted to him, so in love with him. So I put all these things, but I put words on my vision board, like bliss and adventure. And we're like little kids together and pictures of like traveling together, things like that. And I put that vision board in the love and romance corner of my bedroom. At the time, I was sharing a house with five other people. So I had a bedroom with an ensuite bathroom. So I got, I Googled Bagua map, B-A-G-U-A, Bagua map. And I discovered where the love and romance section was in my bedroom. And I put this vision board there. And then one of the housemates that moved in, he said, I've got you a gift. You know, I'm thank you for allowing me to come and share this house with you. He was from Australia. And it was a picture of a man and a woman, but it they were looking out to the sunset. And she had, she almost looked Native American. She had long hair and I had a long weave at the time. So I decided- oh, girl, get your life. <laughs> <laughs> I decided this picture is me and my guy. Mm. And I just put that picture in the same spot. And I I left it there. And I didn't do, I didn't particularly do anything else apart from, I would do little things like if I was going to the grocery store to get groceries. <laughs> what girl? I'm laughing at myself. I would say, oh, I'm going on a date to meet him. And I would do this sort of like a little interaction like I was going on a date. That must be the actress in me. But nothing complex, just like, oh, I'm going to meet him. I wonder what he wants for dinner. Oh, let me get him his dinner. That was it. Like it would last about a minute or two. So I was playing with the already having him. But I didn't have any like, it must come by three months time. It must be this. I thought, he. I want to be an energetic match for this guy. So I'm going to have the most fun that I can 
being me and having a fulfilled life because he must be the most fun and have a fulfilled life so that we're an energetic match. So I went out, I went to the cinema on my own, I would eat out on my own, I would go to party, like I lived it up. I was having fun and I was so happy because I thought I don't want to attract someone and they make me happy because my God, then, you know, if he acts up, yeah. yeah. And then he's like, I'm out of here. I'm going to be devastated. I'm going to be doing everything I can to keep him. So I was like, no, I want to have fun. So I had so much fun. And literally two weeks later, I met him. And as soon as I met him, I knew like in my soul, that's my husband. There you go. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. That's so amazing. It's so funny that both of us uh, did vision boards. It's actually something that I do in my program. One of the sessions that we have, all black, all of the black and brown women in my program, we all do this group vision board thing. We put on Wednesday wow. or something in the background and we're taking pictures either physically or digitally and putting them on a vision board because I think it's so important. I did the same thing that you did, which is- I want to hear the whole story. Yeah, girl, of course. I'm not going to skimp on anything. So I always knew that I wanted to have children and I knew that I didn't, I would have children alone if I needed to, but I really did want to have children with somebody. So uh, in my vision board, because I did vision boards every year, every year, uh, either at the end or at the very beginning of the year, this one year I put like, uh, it's interesting. It was like, it was this white man, bald, hands crossed like this. And on top of it, it said like, I forget if it said like daddy daycare or daddy knows best or something like that. And I was like, yes, I want somebody with me to play daddy, right? Yeah. To be daddy to the children that we have currently have three children. And uh, and like you, I made a decision and it didn't come from thirst or desperation. Yes. It was a decision that was like, okay, like I've done my work, right? I'm, I'm ready for this. This is what I want. And this is going to happen. And similar to you, I told myself like, I know it's going to happen. I'm not in a rush for it to happen, but I just know it's going to happen and I'm ready for it. So Let's make it happen. Um, so I, you know, I dated a couple of people, and then I. The interesting thing is, the person that I met, uh, that I met this, I met my partner two or three years beforehand, and then we reconnected. So, it, like, right when I had made that decision, I'm ready. He he messaged me on Facebook and was like, "Hey, how you doing? Sounds like things are going well for you." Da 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 da. Then after that, like every day, we would talk, talk 10, 11 times a day, always with WhatsApping and chatting and video calling, whatever. But it really started from the vision board. Wow. It really started from the vision board. And so yep. for all the black and brown women out there, I just think it's really important to, to do a vision board because, and not just a vision board, but but leading from feeling, right? Like you can have a fine ass Idris Elba on the thing, but if it really doesn't, Girl, it it can liven up your nether region, but if it doesn't liven up your heart and your spirit, yeah. it actually doesn't fucking matter, right? Yeah. Like actually, it you have to feel it in all parts of your body for for that image for that to be real. That's one of the things that I share with my clients in our vision board session. But like, I think it's so important to feel it all the way through your body, and it's not just a big bad beautiful ring. It can also be reading a book together, like those things, yes. whatever those things are that really evoke the beautiful emotion of love that it, those are the things, those are the images that you need to put on your vision board. So a huge fan proponent of the vision board, especially for black and brown women, because not only do you have to see it, 
for yourself, but you have to feel it. And many of us are not feeling it. And that I think is also a disconnect when it comes to the man the manifesting, because as you were saying before, we grow up differently where we have to shut off our emotions and numb them to survive or to thrive in this very hard 3D world. But when you manifest, you have to let that go and you have to feel it. And as you were saying, you're visualizing it, playing it through. You have to visualize it. You have to create scenes in your mind and in your body and, and be a player in that scene so that, you know, it's not just about meeting your partner for a date that you're going to go on. It can also be like, you know, having that pillow right next to you on your couch and you feeling like you're cuddling and you're watching a TV and a movie together. Like you gotta, you gotta play it out. You gotta really feel it. And and I think visualization is also important. So that's my story in terms oh, of my manifesting my husband. And I'm so glad that you're on here so that we can talk about this because, you know, we're not talking about manifestation as much as we need to in the black and brown communities. And I just think it's really important part of finding love because you have to be energetically aligned to it, uh, spiritually aligned to it, intellectually, emotionally, and physically aligned to this if you really, if you want it as well. What are your thoughts? I have a question for you. Oh my God. The interviewee <laughs> is becoming the interviewer. What do you want to ask me on my show, girl? It's something that you mentioned when you were talking about your husband that I think is an important point. Yeah. You said you didn't manifest from a place of desperation or thirst, but actually what happens when women get into their 30s and 40s and they want babies and they haven't met their partner yet, or they're just like, when is this going to happen? Because I'm lonely and I want someone with me. And yeah, sitting here hugging a pillow and pretending that he says one thing, but actually like, what if this doesn't work? What would you say? Yeah, there? it's actually really interesting that you bring that up. So most of my clients that are in their 40s and 50s, we get them into great relationships because they don't put their pressure, that pressure on themselves because of biological clocks and wanting children and things like that. They're more about, okay, like I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to, you know, when he comes, he's going to come, but I want to just make sure that I'm ready for when he does yeah. come. Right. One of the things that I think is important, especially for women in their thirties that are like, you know, I don't know if I want children or, or I really want children. So I got to find someone now so that I can have the yes. years and da, 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 is that you do yourself a disservice that ultimately we don't know what is truly planned for us and what is supposed to be for us. All we can do is, and this is the focus of my work, is to become the woman that's ready for the best relationship of her life. That's the focus. And that's the work that I want all of my clients to be focused on when they're doing this work, because they can lower their standards tomorrow and get a guy. That's not what this is about. This yeah. is making sure that you find the person that is best for you. And the other thing as it, as it pertains to manifesting is there's a lot that's happening in our thirties. And what I think is important for women in their thirties, because that's when the most career starts to peak, right? Yeah. Friends and family start to shift a bit differently as yeah. well. Love starts to feel a bit different is actually one of the recommendations I have is start manifesting and, and, and really engaging in other parts of your life first, making uh, sure life is full, that life, yeah. that life is good, including oneself, right? Mm -hmm. That you're aligned, that you're centered, that you're grounded, that you're whole, right? Once we're starting to manifest, because that energetic work, that self-work is really a manifesting of my future self, right? So yeah. really practicing on that before you start to try to manifest your husband, I think is really important so that yeah. you are feeling confident and centered when you're doing it instead of coming from up that thirst place. Yeah. 
I'm sure you've had this question too. What if, and this pertains to manifestation as well. Well, what if it's just not meant to be? What if that's not in my plan? How do I know that I'm not going to manifest this? And maybe it's not in God's plan for me. Maybe I'm supposed to be single because I get that one a lot. Yeah, well, I here's what I think. The data says that most people will get married in their lifetime. Yes. I, I look at this both quantitatively and qualitatively. 90% of people get married. 90% of women get married. Um, so... Uh, you might think right now that it's not going to happen for you, but I truly believe that if you want it to happen for you, that it will. Yeah. Like, like when you just graduated from university, you thought you're going to do one thing and you're probably not doing that thing now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right? I, girl, I went to college trying to be an engineer and then I got into fashion and now <laughs> I'm a dating coach. Right. Yeah. So I say all that to say that just because you're feeling it right now doesn't mean that you're going to feel it two, three years from now, five, six years from now, 10 years from now. Right. Exactly. And that we have to be open to that possibility more than anything else. Mm-hmm. yes yes love it love it love it yeah good do you have any anything else to talk to our listeners about when it as it pertains to manifestation girl just my main tip for you would be to check in with who you are being every day because manifestation is all about the identity you're choosing who are you choosing to be and what are you choosing to have and that version of yourself already exists because you have those desires. We don't just get random desires, you know, like, oh, I want to be an astronaut. I don't have that desire, but little boy or little girl somewhere does. And so they pursue that. So those desires that we have that we can't let go of, that we start thinking about a lot, that we're obsessing over, they're in us for us to birth them. And the only reason that you don't have them is because you've decided that because of your past or because of your current situation or because of your lack of resources, that it's not available to you. But actually, the way, the fastest way to move towards manifesting your desires is choosing, this is who I am today and this is what I have. And then your brain, your mindset, your energy will open up to limitless possibilities and you'll get the, suddenly you'll hear the right conversation, you'll hear the right podcast. You'll get an idea. You'll get the information you need to make it happen. So that's my main tip. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for being here. For those listeners that want to get in touch with you, how do they connect with you, girl? I am on Instagram, Raina Campbell. What's that little thing? Not a hyphen. The one that's lying on the floor. Underscore. (laughs) Business, yes. Raina Campbell underscore business. Um, and Raina and is spelled R-A-Y-N-A. Mm-hmm. Yes, R-A-Y-N-A Campbell, C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L. Or you could just Google me and you'll find me all over the place. Yeah, I love it. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for joining us today. I hope you had a great time. I'm so honored that you're here and we're talking about this subject that many of us don't really talk about on a daily basis. But I think it's so important because even if you're not into the manifestation world, it is a part of gaining these things, whether you're conscious of it or not. And so I'm yeah. just that we're talking about it so that we can we can be more aware and acknowledge it. That might help so many people out there actually um, achieve and attain the goals that they have for their lives in love or outside. I love it. Thank you so much, Anwar. Thank you. All right. All right, my loves. I hope this was helpful for you. I will see you on the flip side. Bye-bye. Hey girl, 
Thank you so much for listening to the Get Your Guy Coaching Podcast. If you like this episode and want to talk with me personally, please book a free consultation at www.getyourguycoaching.com slash apply or subscribe and leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Talk soon. Talk soon.